Rosie has single-handedly closed so many windows on my computer and or sent ridiculously funny Slack messages to people that I work with where they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, are you? Just kidding, it was the cat. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Flip Flops and People Ops. I'm your host, Christy, and I'm here to help turn your company into a great place to work. And we do that by breaking down the small little moments of your employee experience that could be better or different or might be missing or broken because your employee experience is what makes up whether or not you have an engaged workforce. Today, we're going to talk about your survey strategy. Your survey strategy is the most important part of driving engagement at your company. If you have any hope of taking your disengaged, quiet quitting, not very productive, kind of apathetic, general yuck workforce and turning it into a productive, collaborative, passionate group of people who love working together, um, you're going to have to get really good at surveys. This episode's going to go into detail about the different survey formats, the different questions to ask, how often to send these surveys, when to use them, and how to think about the data when it comes back. So first, let's talk about the different survey formats. There are three main formats. The first is your ENPS survey. That stands for Employee Net Promoter Score, which is similar to maybe you have regular NPS at your company, which just stands for Net Promoter Score. And it's when you ask your customers, how likely are you to recommend us to other people? So this is the same concept for your employees, and it's just meant as a benchmark. It's not going to tell you specifically what's wrong, but it will tell you generally how everyone's feeling and how bad. Or remember, we talk about things in positive lights, like how much opportunity you have to make improvements. So it's a one to 10 scale, and you just ask everyone, how likely are you to recommend us as a place to work to friends and family. The point of ENPS is just to tell you generally, where does everybody stand right now? This is a survey I think you should send four times a year. That's once a quarter to see improvements in benchmarking of, is this company, according to our employees, a great place to work? Now I said, this is not going to give you any answers. So you might think, why would we even send this if it's not going to help us move forward with anything? Well, it's still good to see, like I said, your progress over time. You want to see peaks and valleys and your score change and hopefully get better over time. But if not, you have an indicator that something's still not right. The next survey format is your engagement survey. And that's like the big time, let's really have a therapy session and have everyone tell us all the feelings. This is a survey where a lot of people make a common mistake of asking random questions in a lot of them. And employees get kind of bored halfway through the survey or questions are worded in a little bit of a confusing way, or they could be a little bit redundant on accident. So never, ever, ever just make up a bunch of questions off the top of your head and grill your employees with like a 50 question survey, because that's going to give you too much data. It's going to confuse them and it's going to take too much time. And you just want like a quick, Hey, Tell me what's going on across the whole employee experience, because there's levels to this, there's different moments, and you want to get a good idea of generally where your company can do better. So if you're wondering what questions to ask, don't worry, because Gallup has studied the workplace for over four decades, and they have distilled the employee experience down generally into 12 questions, and I'll tell you what they are. I said questions here. These are actually statements that you would use a Likert scale, like on a scale of one to five, tell me how much 
you agree with this statement. So the 12 Gallup statements to ask in your survey for people to rate how they feel against are the following. Number one, I know it's expected of me at work. Two, I have the materials and equipment I need to do my work right. Three, at work, I have the opportunity to do what I do best every day. Four, in the last seven days, I have received recognition or praise for doing good work. Five, my supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. Six, there is someone at work who encourages my development. Seven, at work, my opinion seems to count. Eight, the mission or purpose of my company makes me feel my job is important. Nine, my associates or fellow employees are committed to doing quality work. 10, I have a good friend at work. 11, in the last six months, someone at work has talked to me about my progress. And 12, this last year, I've had opportunities at work to learn and grow. Now, my biggest tip here is to allow for a feedback box after each statement that's scored. So for example, I know it's expected of me at work. They scored a two. Then there's a box underneath that says, anything else you'd like to add about that statement? And they could say, yeah, I'm very burned out and I feel like the work never ends. And I wish I had more of an idea of like how many projects I'm going to get at once or not. I feel very disorganized. You know, whatever they're going to say. The qualitative data there in the free form fill box is going to save you a lot of time and energy when you can capture some of that. I think you should send an engagement survey once or max twice a year, six months apart, because it's going to get a lot of information that you will be able to prioritize accordingly against the employee hierarchy of needs, which are basically those questions in like, hey, work on your employee experience in this order. I have a whole episode on that if you need to learn more about the employee hierarchy of needs. But you're going to get so much information that if you ask this again in three months, employees are going to be like, I just told you this. And sure, you'll have new employees, but most of the data that you'll capture in this survey will keep you plenty busy for the rest of the year, depending on how large your team is and how fast you can optimize your employee experience. Like say you've got a team of 10 people, you've got a dedicated recruiter, you've got a dedicated trainer, you've got a dedicated benefits person. That's awesome. Maybe you can do this engagement survey twice in a year, but I think it's most realistic for companies to do this once a year. A common mistake with this format I see too is that they send out this engagement survey against these 12 Gallup statements. They get back the data, they take the lowest scoring statements and they're like, this is what we need to go fix. And they're right. But they kind of also don't have more of the qualifying information about why employees scored it that way. If I tell you your lowest scoring question was, I know it's expected of me at work, go fix that for your employees. I could think of a hundred ways to go solve for that. So this is where your pulse survey comes in, the third format. This is a quicker, more lightweight, three to four, maybe five question survey that drills into a specific area to ask for more information. So you could tell everyone, hey, we, uh, we're sending another survey to learn more about, you know, because we're transparent, this was one of our lowest scoring data points in the engagement survey. So we're gonna be asking you all more about what it would look like for you to know what's expected of you at work because we wanna fix it. So you send a pulse survey to make sure you run in the right direction. Otherwise you're going to work really hard on something that your employees are like, you didn't really get it right. So I use ChatGPT, which 
I'll add a link to the show notes. I'm hosting a chat GPT basics for HR and people ops and culture leaders. I want you to join that LinkedIn live. It'll be like a cool little workshop. But I asked chat GPT, what are some clarifying questions I could send in a follow-up survey to my employees if we scored lowest on the Gallup statement, I know what's expected of me at work. I didn't even have to really think that hard about this when ChatGPT helped me get to the answer faster. So here are 10 options. You wouldn't send all of these, but this is to help you think through how you could use your pulse survey to drill in deeper to what your engagement surveys made you more aware of the issues to fix. Some example questions to drill in deeper to, I know what's expected of me at work. Say you scored low on that as a company. So in a pulse survey, you could ask, can you provide examples of situations where you felt unsure about what was expected in your role? Do you have a clear understanding of your job responsibilities and goals? If not, what aspects are unclear to you? Are you aware of the key performance indicators, goals, or metrics that are used to evaluate your performance? If not, please specify which ones are unclear. Maybe you all don't have goals. You don't have company, team, and individual goals. Like that's a good place to start too. I'm going to do some content on goals and things like that in the upcoming weeks. Other questions you could ask to drill in. Do you feel your job description accurately reflects your actual responsibilities and tasks? If not, please share any areas of misalignment. Are there specific tools, resources, or training you feel would help you better understand your role and responsibilities? Is there any ambiguity in the organization's mission, vision, or strategic goals that contribute to any unclear expectations? Are there communication channels or processes that you believe could be improved to give you more clarity on your job? What suggestions or recommendations do you have for improving the clarity of job expectations for you at this organization? You're going to get a variety of answers. I mean, that could have gone in many different directions. That's going to help you see, depending on how people respond to that, maybe you have a management issue. Maybe you have outdated processes that are making your people nuts and it's time to automate some of this. Maybe you have a lack of project planning happening on teams and everything's an emergency fire drill all the time, which means there's no sense of done. There's lots of things that could be causing this. So it's a mistake to get your engagement survey results back and be like, we know exactly what to do. No, you know, generally what's busted. You need to use your pulse survey as your like real dig in deeper detective format of a survey to be like, tell me more. And this is where I hear from a lot of professionals in HR and people ops. They're like, but what about survey fatigue? And I'm like, what survey fatigue? If you are asking employees how they feel about what it's like to work there, they're telling you you're listening by sending another follow-up survey, going deeper into what they seem to want to talk about and tell you more. And then you act on that. I mean, what's survey fatigue? Survey fatigue does not exist if you create the proper feedback loop, okay? This podcast episode is brought to you by Pingboard. Listen, software is not going to solve your people problem, but you still need a framework and some kind of structure to make sure that you're offering a better employee experience so that you can drive engagement. Pingboard is the tool you need to automate your onboarding, make sure employee one-on-ones are happening with managers, Send your surveys to figure out and diagnose what's going on with your employee experience and how you can make it better. Not having to worry about reminding employees to take it because we do that for you. We also have a whole library of questions so you don't have to make them up. Pingboard's a really easy software for you to use to deliver a better employee experience so that you can drive engagement. Go check it out. You won't be sorry. We'll give you a demo and show you how you can use it at your company to drive engagement today. 
So we talked about the different formats. You've got your ENPS, do it four times a year. You got your engagement survey, once, no more than twice a year. You got your pulse survey. I think you should pulse once a month with the exception of your engagement survey, because that's a big one. But you can do ENPS and pulse at the same time, lump them together. You still want your benchmark of how everyone's feeling about what it's like to work there. And you can be pulsing deeper into something you learned about your engagement survey results from, from months ago. So you should be sending a survey every month and creating this culture of feedback. This is how you become a people first company and set that foundation to show your people that they can trust you, trust the leadership team, and that this really is a good place to work. You don't have to be perfect and you can't fix every little issue. But when you show and demonstrate to employees that you care what they have to say and you listen and you take action on what they say, if they're willing to talk, even, you know, in the anonymous format, always survey should be anonymous, by the way. That's like my unwritten rule number zero. Employees will paint you a false rosy picture. If you're like, tell me your name and what department you're in there. And be like, yeah, no. So a feedback loop is when you follow all the steps. I will link out to what a feedback loop framework looks like. I made a custom image for a LinkedIn Live I did a while back on how to get employees to take your surveys. I can link out to that content too. But a feedback loop is like, think of a closed circuit in some kind of machinery or a car battery. I don't know. Insert technical mechanical metaphor that my brain is like, this is the edge of where we're comfortable going. But a feedback loop insinuates that it's always in this closed circuit, always moving, always happening, always on. This is how you keep up with your monthly survey efforts. You follow this checklist. Even doctors and pilots use checklists to make sure that they don't make mistakes and that they can do large scale stuff in a repeatable way. I don't think a a brain surgeon goes into surgery just off the top of their head. There is protocol. There is a whole team of people that's like, everything has been sanitized. Everything is, you know, done a certain way. No, we're not doing brain surgery, but we are doing the life-changing work of making sure people aren't unnecessarily suffering at our company. So I would argue that this stuff is, is worth having a framework in place so that you don't lose your sanity and that your employees get the same experience every time and they start to trust you because of this. So this feedback loop checklist has 16 steps from start to finish. This is how you do a survey. First, you define the purpose. Whether it's, I need a benchmark on ENPS, I need a to dig deeper into an engagement issue, I need to send my engagement survey, like define your purpose. Why are you sending a survey? If you don't know why you're sending a survey, don't send it. Don't do it. Then select your format, ENPS, engagement, pulse. Then you're going to build it. I know this sounds silly, but you need to carve out time for this because you get pulled in lots of different directions and that's how this stuff can come to the last minute. And you're like, ah, just send it. You need to have your game face on for this stuff. So you take your time building that survey. Pingboard makes it really easy, by the way. We have a surveys feature with pre-built templates that are research-backed that I help put together. So if you're liking what you hear in this episode, Pingboard can do this for you automatically. Then you notify your managers. There should be some kind of ongoing management sync, like management training, but you should at least Slack all your managers. Maybe there's a management Slack channel. Hey, we have a survey coming up, just so you know. Uh, Make sure you remind your employees in their one-on-ones that they should be taking this. Then you announce it publicly at your all hands, at your town hall. If you don't have one of those that month, you can do a general Slack message, make a video. You tell everyone, hey, my job is to be an advocate for you and what it's like to work here. This upcoming survey is meant to learn more about X. 
I hope you feel comfortable taking it. And if not, let me know, yada, yada. Uh, tell me why. But please take this survey because I can't do my job without the answers to this survey. So you announce it publicly. Tell employees the why. Never just send a survey because employees are like, ah, are we all in trouble? No, you're trying to actually make life better for them. Then you deploy it. Send it out so that it's not a surprise. Ask your managers. Remind them, hey, that survey's out. Remind employees in your one-on-ones to take it, please. Then you remind everyone at least three to five other ways. If you're in meetings, whoever you're in a meeting with, hey guys, don't forget, shameless plug, take your survey. Tell the executive team, every meeting you're in, I need you guys to represent me and uh, show that we really do care about this feedback and tell everyone, hey guys, by the way, remember to take Christy's survey that she sent out. It's really important that we have that data. So you remind everyone three to five other ways. Then you close the survey and you tell everyone that you thank them. You say, thanks for taking the survey. This is how much participation we got. This could be a Slack message, a Teams message, what have you. You could talk about it in the your all-hands company meeting and say, thanks for taking it and tell them next steps. You can expect to hear back from me in a couple of weeks after I've analyzed the results and I'll let you know what we're going to do next to optimize our employee experience. Then you take time for analysis. This part's really important because if you fly through it, I see a lot of companies get their results back and they're like, oh, we need to do career mapping because everyone doesn't feel like they have a path to grow. And I'm like, hold on, because I help companies with their engagement survey data. And I tell them, I see how you came to that conclusion. But actually, do you see all this other low scoring stuff? Like I haven't received recognition. I don't know what's expected of me at work. No one's talked to me about my progress in the last couple months. Those are management issues. Your managers need training on the art of a proper one-on-one, which I also did a training to. I can link to that in the show notes. Your analysis needs to not be your first blush reaction. And if you need to reach out to me to help you um, decipher your employee data, sometimes it's helpful to have a third party who doesn't know anyone at the company and be like, you have a tools and systems issue. You have a management issue. Um, But take the proper time for your analysis, maybe two or three days, like really comb through the data and you need to research That's the next step. Research solutions. Reach out to other experts in your field and say, have you ever come up with, you know, this kind of employee feedback and and needed to solve for it? What have you done? Ask ChatGPT. Hey, everyone feels like they haven't received praise or recognition in the last couple of months. How can I solve for that? I'm only one person. And it will say, well, first of all, you need to get Pingboard because Pingboard makes it really easy for everyone to give recognition and make sure everyone sees it. But you got to do your research. Pick your favorite solutions. This is where you get to be a little selfish. Selfish in that you know. You, we've all had those moments where we, we propose solutions to the CEO and they're like, no, none of those. Or if you just leave it up to them to figure out, they pick something that's not right. So this is your chance to create a little tiny deck and be like, this was what we learned in our latest survey. This is what we were trying to figure out. And these are my proposed solutions, how much they cost, what say you, but they're actually all your solutions. So you really can't lose. And then you and the CEO need to sit down and make this decision together. They need to be your partner in disengagement crime. They're not going to go wade out with you into the negative oceans of employee feedback. That's actually not a good place for them. They don't need to see how disgruntled everyone is. You need to protect them from that. You can give them the highlights and the lowlights, but it's on you to go position this to yourself. Okay, these are opportunities to do better. Opportunities to do better. You go get the patterns and the trends and go position it to your CEO. Look at all these opportunities we have to drive engagement. This is great. Our employees are talking to us. 
your CEO really will have the the wind taken out of their sails when they see the verbatim feedback. And they might even get a little bit of like an attitude toward it because they're the face of the company. And they don't want to see that people hate working at your company. But that's not the case. Employees are just feeling vulnerable enough to tell you what's going on. And that's a good thing. So then you're going to present your solutions that you've chosen with your CEO to managers, and you're going to walk them through your philosophy and why you are doing what you're doing, and then get their buy-in, ask them if they have any feedback, but generally this is what we're doing, and we just wanted to make you aware. And then you present the results. You share, like, this is what we learned in our last survey. Here's the data. You don't post anyone's name. You shouldn't have anyone's name because it's supposed to be anonymous, but you can say, like, we really heard you all say that there seems to be a lack of automation for some of the day-to-day activities in certain parts of the business. And we wanted to learn more and we did. And so we're going to have a hackathon. We're going to have a new process-a-thon and we're all going to get together and, and pause things for a second. That way managers are nodding along in the meeting, your all-hands meeting, and they're looking at employees like, yeah, they told me about this. And if Because employees look to their manager, even if it's virtual. They're like, uh, did you know about this? And your manager should be like, yeah, and I think it's a great idea. Or like, I've been thinking about it already. And here's the ways I can think about plugging you into this. So when you follow that process every time, you will build so much trust. But yes, it does take a lot of time. And this is where a lot of companies just have no hope of driving engagement because you're an HR team of one and you're dealing with all the constant interruptions and, you know, employees have questions and you're onboarding and there's payroll and benefits. And this is a full-time job. So you're not crazy if you've been working on trying to drive engagement for years, weeks, months, and you're just like, I can't make any headway. It might be time to ask for more headcount. And if your CEO doesn't see you as a profit center, tell them that you're the ultimate profit center because your job is to empower and take great care of all the departments that do drive revenue for the company. And it's your job to make sure that everyone has what they need so that they don't quiet quit or drive your engagement scores down. Lack of productivity is like mold growing in a house. Quiet quitting and a general we don't care attitude will spread to teams quicker than you realize. So it might be time to advocate for budget. It takes money to drive engagement and it takes a properly staffed team so that you can get in the right headspace to decipher this feedback and start thinking about your next survey. There is no survey fatigue when you're showing everyone that you're really actively listening and that you have the space to come up with creative solutions and work on things in the right order against the employee hierarchy of needs. But you don't know what you don't know. So in this episode, hopefully you caught the three formats, the questions you're supposed to ask, how often you're supposed to send them, what to do with the dragnet of data when you get it back, and how to make sure you're giving the same experience every time according to the feedback loop checklist. Because that's how you build trust and turn your company into a great place to work. Driving engagement is hard but it's not impossible. And I'm really glad that you listened to this show to learn more of the basics and the tactics to go faster. I want you to get there too. If you ever want to reach out to me on LinkedIn and ask me a question or join my LinkedIn group called Engagement Academy, I've got a bunch of experts and other chief people officers in there who are willing to share their insights and answer your questions because it takes a village to drive engagement. Um, I'd love to see you in there. But for now, you are now armed with a monthly survey strategy that I know will work for you if you keep with it. And I just want you to know that this work is really hard, but it's really rewarding. 
And when you get it right, you really get it right. And the people, there's real people on the other end that are really needing you to help make the way the work gets done at your company a lot better. And you can do it when you get awesome at surveys. So you're going to make mistakes. We all do. That's true for every part of life. Just keep trying. Just keep going and keep iterating. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening.